Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is in conversation with Mike Kelleher, PA and owner of Revolution. All right, folks, this is Alex Tiersch. Welcome to Medical Spa Insider, the podcast where we talk to medical spa uh, entrepreneurs, professionals, and, and figure out what makes them tick and, you know, figure out what the secret to secret to success is, for lack of a better word, Mike. Um, we are joined, I should say, with Mike Kelleher from um, Georgia, who is a PA and um, owns Revolution, which is a um, medical spa down um, down in Georgia. Uh, Mike, first of all, thanks for joining us. I, I really appreciate it. Um, if you could just give us a quick little um, two-second introduction of yourself, where you are, what you do, you know, astrological signs, hobbies, things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Mike Kelleher, I'm a physician assistant, Emory trained. That's how I ended up here in um, Atlanta, Georgia. And then... Mm-hmm. Last year, started July 5th, I opened the doors on my standalone uh, med spa, Revolution, here in Decatur, Georgia. Decatur, that's what it was, uh, yep. Yep, Decatur. Yeah, right out, in, I mean, basically Atlanta, but Decatur, Georgia. And um, have been, awesome. uh, I do injectables, of course. Yeah. Um, and have added services as I've gone along and expanded uh, yeah. to complement the, the basis of injectables that, yeah. we, that I do here. That's awesome. So um, I appreciate you joining us. And just for a little backstory, um, we were chatting before on the air. I, I had never, um, I had never met you before, and I actually, candidly, hadn't hadn't heard uh, too much about you. We we uh, my my team um, tracked you down, and you were gracious enough to be on the. Um, uh, medical spa success panel that we do at our boot camps, and we were down at our medical spa boot camp where we t- teach folks how to how to run a successful med spa down in Atlanta this year. And you were on the panel, and I was I was watching, and and I was um, immediately struck by first of all, I appreciate you, you you being on, on on the panel, and you were on there with with some fairly heavy hitters in the industry who had. Big med spas, a big one had a big surgery practice. They were very well established, massive social media followings, all these things. And then, and this is not this is not meant in any way to to, to take away from you. But then we had you up there, and but I really, I have to admit, I got. I almost got more out of your comments than I did out of anybody else's. And I mean that because you were very, you were very refreshing. You were very honest. You kind of had your own, you had your own, you know, path that you were following. You were a, you know, a single injector. You weren't out there trying to do this and that, that everybody else was doing. And I really found it to be um, kind of refreshing and cool. So tell me, is, 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 is that a good characterization? That was all meant to be yeah, a compliment, I, I, that, by the way. Yeah, that's, uh, that's very accurate. Um, that's a very accurate description of how I've, I think I've gone about uh, my business yeah. as long as I've been doing uh, you know, in medicine, period, yeah. I I believe it's just, um, I, I see the path that I want to go and I just follow it. Yeah. Well, let's break it down a little bit. So, so just to give folks a little bit uh, of an idea of kind of where you're coming from, what's your, um, describe for me what you, like when you describe your, your brand to people or when, when you describe kind of what you do and and what they can experience when they come to your clinic. And I, you know, I've seen, you've got, it's called revolution and you've got the R in parentheses and you've got reimagined, realize all these, these different, this kind of play on words. 
what is it that you're trying to accomplish and what can folks experience when they, when they come to see you? I, I, yeah, I, um, I've always approached, I've always approached my business. And and when I, I guess when I developed, when I went on this path, I, you know, I went out on my own because I saw there was no, there was no other way for me to go. Um, I, I, I always approached, I always approached my business differently and, and not just to be different, but because that was the path that, that, that I was following. Um, and I had, I, I was just driven to follow that path. So when I established this standalone, I, I knew I wasn't modeling after anybody, but what I saw in my head. Mm. So, uh, so when I set this, when I set this establishment up, it, it very much reflected me. I, I set it up knowing that it was a place that I wanted to come to and feel comfortable. And my patients who see me would automatically feel that and they would, and and they would appreciate that it's an embodiment of what I do. So I've tried to reflect that and through the whole practice and the way that it's set up and the way that it's designed, I've designed it to be very, it's an open, it's an open floor plan. There's brick walls, the door, the, the floors are concrete and dirty. There's an open ceiling. We play, you know, we have music playing. It's a very relaxed, easy yeah. atmosphere, yet it's still, you know, very clean um, and simple. And yeah. that's the way I've always approached my work. Um, and I'm very matter of fact and honest uh, about how I go about my business. And I've found over the years that patients find that refreshing. If, yeah. if I can, if, if I, if we can do something, then we can do it. If we can't, then we can't, but we'll find a way to accomplish our goals down the road, no matter what path we have to take to accomplish them. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, you know, again, um, aesthetics is, is a very visual, obviously it's a very visual industry and there tends to be that, that, that goes along with that kind of a lot of, you know, flash and image and, you know, and, and I think you have that also, but it's kind of your own way. Whenever I'm talking to folks about, um, you know, opening their own practice, uh, one of the things, and, and I would love to hear your, your kind of thoughts on this before we get into a little bit more about your, your journey. You know, one of the things I always say is what's, what's one of the things that's great about this industry the, number one, it's in medicine, so you're a lot. You're able to practice medicine, but you're able to really build your own brand. You can kind of do what you want. There's not a Amazon or even a large hospital system um, or an insurance carrier that's dictating what you do. You can go out there and build what you want to build, and so you can be beholden to what you want and nobody else. Um, is that how you feel as well? And, and and what's the impact of that on on your ability to kind of open and operate? Yeah, I, 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 I agree. And I, I guess when, when I started this journey, I, I don't know that I thought that, I yeah. don't know that I thought that much about it. No. And to be honest, it's good. Cause it, it allowed you to do that without even thinking about it. Probably. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I, I think that I know how I approached it really was I, I had worked in a number of well-established larger practices in Atlanta, um, you know, for years before, before I had, um, I had gone out on my own. Um, and I, and I knew what they were offering and I knew it wasn't me. Okay. Um, and, and I, and I wasn't, and it took me, it took me a few years of, of being out on my own, leasing a tiny little space, trying to, tr- trying to figure out what, how I was going to approach this. And I, and I kind of, I knew the path that I wanted to go on and I knew what my 
you know, I knew how I was, but I wasn't exactly sure branding wise. I don't know that I really thought of it as branding wise. Yeah. I just, I wanted to approach it in a way that reflected how I was. And when I started looking, um, when I started, I, I kind of put my, got my name together a little bit soon before I found a, a solid, you know, a, a standalone location. And, um, and really when I walked into the space that I found it, it almost spoke to me and everything just seemed to come together at that point in time. As I, as I kind of walked into this empty shell, it was almost, it was almost like the space kind of triggered in my brain exactly how I wanted to, what I wanted everything to look like and how I wanted that at that point in time. So it was an interesting development because I was, I was kind of floundering back and forth on, on really how I wanted to do it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. So you, you, you said that, um, and, and I think this is, this is important because I, I, I know there are a lot of people out there right now listening who probably feel the same way. You said that you worked with some other practices, um, and it didn't just, it didn't resonate with you, whatever it was. And again, this is not good, bad, or indifferent. It just, it, whatever it was, didn't, didn't, it wasn't you. Can you, Talk about that a little bit. Like, what was it? Was it just the, and I'm, and I'm not trying to throw anybody into the bus, but was it, no, what was different either. about it that, that made you feel, ah, this just isn't, isn't, isn't what I'm looking for? Yeah. And then, no, I'm not, I've learned so much, you know, I think whether it's good or not necessarily bad, but you learn, you learn something from every experience. At least I feel you should. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was very lucky to be associated who I was associated with in the past, but I, it, um, I guess what I mean, it kind of felt like it just, it wasn't the way that I would go about business or the way that I would, I would not cater to my patients, but the way that I would treat my patients in certain circumstances or somewhat from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. and somewhat from a patient care aspect. I I just always thought we could do better Mm -hmm. and do it in a different way as opposed to the standard run of the mill norm norm that that most practices run by yep you know I, I just there's a better way to do it and there's a different way and patients appreciate uh, a, a non-cookie cutter approach to the way that and i'm not saying that everybody approaches it in a cookie cutter fashion i don't mean it that way at all but i think there is a very standard approach and a and a blueprint that's followed by by a lot of practices, and I just I never followed that blueprint. I kind of skirted that. Yes, I've incorporated, and you have to. I think you have to learn by that blueprint, and you have to learn the rules before you can uh, make your own new rules. Yeah, for sure, and 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 that's really what I was. That that's kind of what I was was getting at is that there's there's I in some ways I feel like people want there to be a blueprint, and sometimes they they, they kind of follow the, the, the blueprint, but, but I, I guess what I was trying to get at earlier was what you're doing is, is unique and different and it's very possible for, for anybody to do. And I, and I like the fact that there was something, you know, you feel whatever it is that's triggering you to say, you know, this is just, I want to do something different. And then kind of the space that you go to and you discover helps inform that. I mean, you have the ability to be creative and, and unique in this industry. And, um, I think that's really cool that you've, that you've found that way. Yeah. I, I, I think it's fascinating how that happened too. And I, and I, Think, and I agree, and that's we, one reason why I ended up ended up in the in this industry in this subspecialty was the ability to be creative, you know, kind of use both both halves of your brain, the creative aspect and the academic aspect, and that that melds perfectly in the, in the aesthetic industry. Um, 
but but I found it interesting when when I when I was actively thinking about how I wanted to approach something, I, I couldn't overcome that hurdle. <laughs> but when you when you when you're introduced to something, then it's you know it's always amazing to me when that light kicks in and you're like, aha! Now this this is what it is, and it's, it's sometimes it takes that stimulus in order to trigger yeah. how those thoughts come, and then then the great ideas flow out as opposed to trying to just sit there and force them to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Now what, um, what, what, what types of serve are you doing primarily injectables or are you doing energy devices as well? What's your, uh, when, I, when I, yeah, when I, so as I, as I built, of course, I've, when I first went out on my own, I was leasing a nine by nine room in a, in a, in another local med spa to start yep. out with. So I purely was focused on injectables at that point in time. And that's kind of what I had laser experience years in the past. Um, and, but hadn't really done much with that. So when I went on my own, um, the majority of my patients, of course, who I've accumulated over a decade or so, they were mostly familiar with me for injectables. So that was an easy thing. And of course, if you could just lease a nine by nine room, you don't have much, you don't have much space for much else. And that's really all I wanted was a chair and my injectables in order to, 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 to build a practice. And then uh, when I opened the doors here last year, immediately I, I knew that I had to bring something, some other services in just to, to help bring people into the door and then offer my current patients some, something else. So I started in with a, I brought a diamond glow in. That was the mm-hmm. first, that was the first device that I purchased. And then um, over the last year, I guess I've only been open to this spot for a little over a year at the beginning of this year. And which is, I think I talked about this at the, at the boot camp. one of my, you know, I've been lucky enough to consult and train and visit multiple practices. Yeah. Uh, practices over the, across the nation over the years. Um, you know, one of my big things was never sink your money into a, a big device <laughs> until you're ready. Yeah. But of course, the beginning of this year, I yeah, ended up bringing did. a radio frequency device in. But before I brought that in, I, of course, gauged uh, the need for it with my patients and it has um, paid for itself since yeah. I brought that in. So I, I do offer multiple services okay. now and as opposed to just injectables. And I, I do it all, uh, chemical peels, mm-hmm. you know, platelets, radio frequency injectables, diamond glow, and is 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 it just you? Do you or, or, or do you have? Do you have? It is just me. Yeah, really. I, I no one else in the whole place. Nobody else in the whole place. Really. No. <laughs> and it's not. A, it's not a small. Pl- I mean, I was looking at it online. I mean, I'm, it's maybe it's not you know the the biggest in the world, but it's certainly I've seen many smaller. So it's just yeah. how many how many rooms do you have? And, and I have uh, I have two I have two treatment rooms. Okay. Uh, they're both I guess about nine by nine, ten by ten, uh, and then I have an area set up for training. Okay. Um, and, you know that's why I wanted to open concept and 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 uh, so yeah. Um, it's it's a nice size place. I, I like it. It's just it's the perfect size for what I need it to be. But yeah, I uh, you know I when I started it, that was the nice thing about technology is I could kind of run everything. I, and so I do every every all yeah. of my booking, everything was done online, um, and I all my correspondence, of course, is done um, electronically. And uh, so yeah, I do everything. I do all the scheduling, booking, the emailing, cleaning I, toilets. Yeah, uh, that ordering. was <laughs> that struck me when you were on the panel because um, it was like we were like, oh, you know, who 
who do you do use for your marketing or what do you do? How do you know? How do you answer? And, and you were just kind of like, well, I do it myself. And, (laughs) and, but I think that's, you know, that's cool. It's, you know, it's, it's tough from a timeline. I mean, how do you have enough time in the day? Um, but at the same time, so, so are you, do you, do you have an actual phone call or is everything booked online through, through like your website? How does that work? Everything's yeah. Everything's booked online through, through my EMR system that I use. Um, and uh, I, I use aesthetic record now. Yeah. And uh, so I have everything funneled through through that. I do I do have a phone, a business <laughs> phone, but truthfully, it's always on voicemail and okay. directs them to email me from that because I, I just I don't have time to sit on the phone with somebody. And that's, you know, of course, I, I just there's not enough time for me to sit and have a 25 minute discussion with anybody on the phone during the day because I'm seeing I'm seeing patients all day long. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I run everything through through that. Um, and you know, I've tossed around, I'm going to eventually have to bring somebody on, but I've been so busy. I just haven't been able to focus. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, it has gotten to the point recently that I'm going to have to bring somebody on because I'm maxed out to the point where now it's limiting my growth, not having somebody to help me. So that's, that's been a bigger impetus for me to bring somebody on is because now I, I need to bring somebody on to grow. Because I've, I've, I'm kind of I'm maxed out with what I can do by myself, which, yeah. which is great. I wasn't expecting to be at that point so quickly, which is fantastic. Um, but you know, at this point, the unfortunate thing at this point in time, because it's just me, that it would be unfair for me to even try to bring somebody in at this point in time because I, I wouldn't be able to, to, to train with them yeah. or, or, or really. It, tell, let them know what they need to do yeah, in order to help so me. Uh, so that's a, it's a delicate balance at this point. In time. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Cause I, um, had a conversation, gosh, it might've been, it might've been at our medical spa show in Vegas. And I made some comment about, um, one of the things that we see in a lot of med spas is they leave a lot of revenue on the table and a lot of patients by virtue of the fact that it was unreturned phone calls. And then I took it a step further and I said, you know what? People just need to answer the phone. Like if I could give you one, just answer the phone when it rings. And I had somebody come up to me afterwards and say, you know what? I'm going to disagree with you because I do, I don't even have a phone. I do everything online. And, and I was like, huh, you know what? I guess that probably works. And is it, so you have your, just, just kind of describe it for me. You have your schedule that's open and then people can online pick and choose when they want to come or does it have to be, I, I've got a request and you have to approve it. Does that make sense? Nope. They can ask. So my schedule is completely open Okay, and they can choose when, when they get on it automatically, you know, the link and I have the link on my website and a couple other places, probably on social media. I'm sure there's a link on there. I'm sure I did that. Um, and so they, they get funneled right to, to the schedule and they can pick from the list of services that they want and then schedule for the time. And that the time is a lot. And the nice thing about, you know, one of the reasons I switched to that platform was, I switched to that over COVID because, of course, I opened a business during COVID because that was the smartest time to open a business. Awesome. Because um, <laughs> I, I like to make things difficult. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one of the reasons, so now when they schedule, of course, they get they get prompted and all of the consents, pre-post instructions, everything goes right through them, which for the, for the, for the procedure or the treatment, whatever that they've scheduled. So everything is taken care of electronically for that. And everything should be done by the time that they walk in the door. Of course, I've reviewed the schedule weekly to make sure there's not any muck-ups on there. Um, but yeah, it seems to be working good at this point in time. You know, I miss phone calls, but truthfully, I think over the last year that I, I've, 
I really pressed hard in the beginning going purely electronically with scheduling that the majority of my patients and people who contact me um, go straight through my email or, yeah. or just book online immediately. My phone rare, my phone rarely rings for patients. It's mostly vendors. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's, <laughs> which is why it goes straight to voicemail. Which is why you don't answer it. <laughs> totally. That's, you know, I, I almost think we should do like a, like an, an article or, or something like a, something because the, you're, I'm sure you're not the only, I know you're not the only one. And I know there's more than two of you out there. So that are just purely using kind of online and have gotten almost totally gotten rid of the need for someone to answer the phones. Because I mean, there's a, there's a cost to that. I, I well, one thing I would say, and I would love your, how you, what you think about this. So the, the argument goes, if you have someone answering the phone who's qualified and knows what they're doing and well-trained, they can help sell the practice and offer things that maybe, um, so, so catch some of those folks that maybe wouldn't come to you because they don't have someone talking to you. Um, what do you, do you worry about that or is that, or do you just think, well, people can find me online and they, they see what they get and that's kind of the end of it? Or what, what are your thoughts on that? No, you're right. And that's what was preached to me ever since the beginning of time in medicine, especially <laughs> in aesthetics. Um, you know, we would have meetings about phone answering and front, you know, front office staff and how important that was. And I, I don't deny that that's important. Um, and I think it is important. But for me, I, I guess the way I've approached it is that, um, you know, when people are reaching out to me, they're reaching out to come see me because of what I do and for what I offer. So yeah. I, I think by the time that they've either gotten my name or they've done research on me, they they know like I'm this is where I'm going. I don't need to be sold on anything. I'm in mm-hmm. already. And, and I, I've been very fortunate in that in that way. And, I, you know, I think part of it is uh, is, is the way that I approach in talk to my patients. And I often talk about this when we, when we do trainings for injectables, you know, the question always comes up and I just suggest the side, I think the way, I think it applies to this as well. Well, how do I sell somebody this? How do I sell somebody that? And mm-hmm. my approach always is, you know, I've never sold anybody anything. You know, mm-hmm. I approach it by, I, we talk about what you need and what you don't need. And that's, that's kind of how we lay it out. And I think that's what's happened with my practice is people actively seek me out through if they've heard of my name or through word of mouth, which is how, how I've grown this yeah. practice. I mean, it's done. I, I'm very, very lucky. Again, I've seen more patients than I have ever thought I would at this time. Well, so. you know, you know, luck is preparation and opportunity coming together, right? That's true. Kind of, so, um, but so it's, it's interesting. And I think, you're in many ways intuitively doing, and you have this in your kind of innate personality, which is, you know, such an advantage is that you have the ability to be very relatable and honest and, um, and, tr- and people trust you, um, just by virtue of you talking to them about what they need. And really that's what you're doing in aesthetics is you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're not selling, you're educating on what is, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. And, and it's really, it's up to the patient to make the choice, but, but that, that education comes from, and, and you've kind of got that naturally. It's not everybody has that, right? I mean, not everybody can just, can just naturally talk to people. Um, so some people it's, it's, some people do feel like they're having to sell. So for someone like you, I can see how the, the electronic 
electronic scheduling does work. I mean, there would be no, no real need for a phone. Um, and is is that for new patients also? Like new patients coming, don't yes. don't, don't talk. So how do you handle like the initial? consultative someone's never seen you before so they've never they've they've never you know they've never talked to your office they come in is it just i mean kind of the same thing you're just are you just giving them a full consultation or are they they indicating what they want ahead of time how does that work yeah it's kind of two ways i i do have a lot of times they'll go right on and schedule a consultation okay probably about 50 maybe 60 percent of the time they reach out to me by email first and so they touch base first and want to know, you know, I'm a new patient, I'm looking for this, blah, blah, blah. And then I will engage with them and we'll have an email exchange over it and, and talk about where we want to go with it and and then meet in person at that point in time with a consultation appointment or however that looks going forward. So mm-hmm. uh, but I, I get a lot of email correspondence yeah. for, for initial patients. Now, the, the, the other thing I remember very clearly in the the boot camp was you we were talking about marketing and your you know you don't do a lot of outbound marketing kind of going out and grabbing people it's a, it's very referral based people come to you and I, and that um and 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 just how did that develop and do you have any plans to do to do more like that and i guess this all really depends on your overall goals and how big you want to get right right yeah I, um <clears throat> I don't, you know, when I first started out, I, I hadn't thought about it. I, I had had patients already established because I hadn't been seeing patients for a short period of time due to um, d- d- due to non non competition yeah. restraints. And so when I started back up, I had I had a patient base that was already waiting to see me. Cool. So so that was nice. You know, I had patients. So when I when I opened up hours, I immediately had hours being filled by patients who I had seen for years and years. And, um, then when I, when I, when I opened the standalone place, I, I was lucky enough to start getting referrals within the community already. Part of it was, um, I had a good reputation, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other part was, is in the location in the area in Decatur, there really wasn't anybody in this area doing any injectables. Really? Or Botox nice. or anything. Yeah, it was an untapped area. And I and I didn't choose Decatur because I live eight minutes down the road. So it was natural for me. You know, I knew the lo- I knew the place. I lived this was my neighborhood. I, I, I knew the population already. So it was it was a no brainer for me to open here. Um, and so it was an untapped market. I didn't have any competition at all, period. Yeah. And and then just and I and I think Throughout the process, truthfully, marketing wasn't anything I had concerned myself with because I was busy enough at the time. And then I was lucky enough. There's a local, I mean, I was very lucky through word of mouth, just through a local Facebook page that I, there might be 10,000 people on it. My mm-hmm. name got out on there and I started getting referrals from there and I get tons of referrals from there. So I haven't really even thought about marketing outside of that. I don't know that I have the capacity to, to take much more if I were to market outside. So I've, I've been, and this could have never happened at any point in time in my life again. I think it was the perfect time for all of this to happen. And it just, and it just happened the way it did. And I, I just, I'm very thankful that it happened that way. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's extraordinary. It's it's that's quite um, remarkable. But but I you know one thing I I will tell 
I, that I tell people is, especially folks in, in your position um, who are PAs, NPs, even RNs who are able to to, to kind of operate their, their own facility, I, I always tell them, you know, it's like you'll get – you, if you're on your own and just doing it by yourself, I feel like you you'll get busier qu- more quickly than you think, just because there's such a demand out there. Um, and what you can do if you're just doing it by yourself is you know you're able to kind of operate on a shoestring budget. You don't necessarily need all the bells and whistles. You just need you know a little. You don't need you know massive amounts of inventory. And so um, you know I feel like there's that opportunities. I know for a fact uh, that there are a lot of people, whether they're and a lot of them are MDs, a lot of them are PAs or NPs who are who are who just who are looking to start and they don't know how to to, to make that first step to to kind of get a room and and open it and start injecting and as a as, as a follow-up most of the the big med spas that, that i know of started that way a lot of them did i should say with one person one small room so what i i would love to hear kind of about that i mean how did you get into this in the first place and and then you've, you've told your story about how it developed into your your current location but what how did you get into aesthetics because pas there's not a lot of pas in aesthetics and we're looking for more and and i'm curious <laughs> when i got into aesthetics i there there i there was only a couple that I knew of at the time. I, at the time I was working in a dermatology practice and it was a single practitioner owned the practice. And um, the only cosmetic I was doing at that time, I was, I was injecting spider baits and, um, you know, seeing general medical dermatology and doing dermatologic surgery. And we had our clinic split up, but the practice had a, a full med spa attached to it. So we were lasering and doing all the the great stuff that you do in a med spa, but we weren't really doing any injectables. Um, He he wasn't big on injectables. He offered them occasionally. And so I would talk to our patients, you know, and get consults for aesthetics. And they were going elsewhere for their their injectables. And um, I I thought purely from a business standpoint that that was ridiculous. Uh, You know, we, we have the capability here who can take care of our patients better than we can. Right. And um, so I, you know, I thought at that time, I'm like, well, I'll, why don't, I'll try my hand at Botox and filler. And if I'm any good at it, I'll do it. And if I like it, I'll do it. If I'm not, I'll just continue doing yeah. what I'm, what I'm doing. And I was, I was very lucky. And again, things, things happen when they're supposed to happen because at no other time would this have ever fleshed out the way that it would have fleshed out. But uh, you know, there was a training set up, the, the MD who owned the practice ended up getting sick. So I ended up being the only person in the practice. He was supposed to be the main injector with, and we had some very good trainers come in and I ended up being, you know, spending hours with some wonderful mentors and trainers who are still mentors to me and uh, had the greatest experience and seemed to do pretty well at it. And it just blossomed from there. And then over a short course of about, six months, I completely phased out my medical dermatology and conti- continued doing surgical procedures and blended in uh, cosmetics. And then about three or four months later, we had to hire another PA because I went completely aesthetics and stopped even doing surgical or general dermatology. That's that's awesome. And, and what's yeah. your, looking back on it, um, can you imagine a career in in, you know, dermatology and dermatologic surgery or is, or is cosmetics where you, the only place you could be? This would be the only place I could be. Yeah. I, I knew, and you know, I have been in different aspects of medicine through the years. I, I've been a PA now for 17, 18 years. Wow. Um, 
and uh, and it's in aesthetics now, I guess, for about eleven. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I would have never, I would have never pictured myself in aesthetics. It's nothing that I would have even thought of. Um, you know, if I would have asked myself, if you would have told me that twelve years ago, I probably would have laughed in your face. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was something about it when I first, you know, it just it made complete sense to me when when I started doing it, and I really developed a, a passion quite quickly for it. And it just when I started doing it, I was like, well, yep, this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's, you know, I read an article that um, I can't remember what it, exactly where it was um, that it, where you were quoted or or they were talking about. You mentioned that you were not a and are not kind of a lifelong entrepreneur, like someone who'd always look to open their own business and run it. Um, is that true. is that true? That's true. That's true. Okay, yeah, that's absolutely true. So then yeah. it's it's a it's a big step to go from. Um, and I can tell just by listening to you, you know, you're, you're able to see the opportunities as they come and you, you know, things, things fit. And, and by the way, just, and this is maybe just me being, you know, I don't know, like just having my head up in the, in the, in the, in the galaxy. But I, but I believe in like in symmetry, I feel like things do tend to happen at the time and for the reasons that are presented at that particular time. And it all, it, it does, there does seem to be a certain symmetry in the way things work out when they work out. So I'm with you on that, but it's a, it's a big step to go from, okay, I see this opportunity. I've, you know, the, the, the MD was sick. So I learned how to do all these, these treatments and I'm kind of the only one. That's one thing, but then to take that step and say, I'm going to go out and make a business out of this myself when I am not an entrepreneur at heart. That's a, that's a big step. The audacity, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how'd that, how'd that happen? I mean, where was it? When was the, there's usually a moment when, when you're like, ah, you know what? I, I'm going to do this. Like, screw it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. There, usually uh, after a couple I, cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> uh, true. I, I never, I, I had never ever planned on opening a business for myself for in, in any, in anything. Um, I uh, ended up leaving the large practice and having a non-compete. So I, you know, had, had some time. And so during that time I was training and consulting for a bunch of different places. So I decided I'm just going to step back for a little bit and that's what I'm going to do very hardcore for, you know, a good four months or so. And mm-hmm. so I just traveled and trained and, and did that. And then when that, you know, I kind of was ready to step back into the mix, <clears throat> I, because I had enough patients contacting me, that's when I decided, I'm like, well, I, you know, I can do, I can do the injectable part part time to satisfy my patients who are, who are, you know, actively searching me out. Um, and I can do that outside of the non-compete range, but I don't have to do it full time because I have this, I have this training arm to yeah. fall back. So, so that was an, e- that was an easy transition because I wasn't jumping in feet first, like, well, I, I got to make this work. Other, you know, I, and I got to commit to this full time. Otherwise my kids are going to starve. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I, that was a very, that was an easy step for me to take. The, the step to, to decide to go completely on my own was, <laughs> was a little bit more difficult because yeah. at that time, you know, I had, I had a bunch of irons in the fire, which I think is the way, way it should be. Um, and one of the irons was, was consulting with a, with a large national med spa mm-hmm. and, the, the opportunity came up to go work with them full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was other things going on, but one of the things from the business aspect was I just, I, I, I there was a, 
after being on my own and being my own boss and kind of seeing where my this vision starting to develop in my head, there was no possible way that I could go back to doing that. I yeah. knew it just, I woke up one morning and thought, you know, this, I, I, I have to pursue what I want to do at this point in time. And, and then when I decided to do that, I realized there's no, there's no other option. It's not, there's no mm-hmm. A, B option. There's only one option. That option is going to be to pursue this and do what I want to do and do it the way that I want to do it. And it's just, it's going to work and it's going to be successful. And that's, there's, there's no other way around it. Well, and that's, you know, um, in, in some sense, it's like when you have to succeed in order to, to pay the bills and to eat, there's no other option. Right. And it, it, it kind of exactly. has to work. And so and so at that point, is, is that that's when you 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 kind of you said you rented out a room in, a, in another. Med- is that how you started by just getting space and started? Yeah, I, just, kinda- I got, just got a little eight by eight room or nine by nine room, whatever it was, and started seeing patients out of it. And, and how, how long were you doing that for? I did that for about, um, gosh, a year, a year and a half. Yeah. A year and, yeah. And then I kind of, I, I was growing so fast there and I knew there was, there was services that I had done previously that I wasn't able to provide in that space. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're working out of somebody else's space. So you're kind of beholden to what their yeah. aesthetic is and what you want. I knew that wasn't me. So, um, I had previously, when I first went out, I had previously looked at a standalone space and, you know, thought, well, I'm just going to open up a space now. And then I quickly realized that that was not the smartest thing to do. (laughs) It'd probably be smarter if I could just lease one room out. Let's see how this goes (laughs) first before committing all of these, all of these assets uh, to to a standalone space and crossing your fingers and hoping this works. Maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe I do want to do it. And so when, when it came time to, to officially, when I knew that this was going to be the thing, then it was a very easy, like, I'm just going to find this, I'm going to find a spot. And I started looking for, for a place that really reflected who I was. And, you know, I, I completely believe in symmetry as well. And this spot came up and the real estate people called me and they said, you have to look at this space today. It's going to be gone. And I looked at it and walked in the door and signed the contract. And then it was off to the races. <laughs> and then, then you said, holy shit, I actually <laughs> actually did this. And now it's time. It's, it's yeah, time there to was go. many days when I was standing here you know, in an empty space thinking like, really, I, did I really? I'm in this lease for how long? <laughs> well, and then, but so you had to do, but you had to do, I mean, look, looking at the, the, the photos of it, you obviously had to do some build out and some design and all that. Did, yeah. did you get a designer architect or did you like how, how that process come out? Cause you have to get, you, you said you had the, the vision in your, in your mind's eye kind of for what it wanted to look yeah. like. You got to convey that to somebody and they got to make it a reality. Yeah. When I walked in the door, I knew exactly, I knew exactly what I wanted the setup to be. So uh, luckily, you know, you have friends who know people. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> luckily I had a friend who knew an architect who was wonderful and she came in and, did all the you know the stuff for the contractor and I it kind of told her what I wanted um and she laid that out quite nicely um mostly to what I you know what what we you know yeah. she can't see she can't see my vision in my head but it was it was great the way that they did that and um and so then that was in December of 2020 when I initially got the plans laid out but of course with everything going on I didn't start building it out until uh the end of April of 2021. Okay. So I was sitting here with a vacant spot paying 
you know, monthly lease on for about five months. And wow. that was at that point in time, I was really starting to think like, you know, this, this might, I just, this, maybe this isn't going to happen. <laughs> was, um, what, was, was this, were you still leasing the other space as well at this point? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you, so you were basically carrying two, you know, two, yeah. two overhead lease space uh, costs and then, um, which is not uncommon. I mean, but, but yeah, that's, there's that, that time where you're like, Oh boy, was this the yeah, right but, You know, I was at, at this point in time and, in December of when I signed the lease on this place, I was in, I was busy enough at the other place where I was working. I was seeing patients as opposed to, you know, part-time I was seeing patients six, seven or five, six days a week. Okay. So I, you know, I, the, I, the need to expand was there. So I was going back and forth. They're about four miles apart and, you know, all day long trying to figure out what I was going to do with both these places. Um, and then finally I got a contractor who saw my, or a, a contractor builder who saw my vision. And then once we started the build, it only took about three weeks because it's quite a simple build. Um, and I wanted it very simple. Yeah. And, uh, and then, about a month after the build was complete, I opened up the doors and transitioned over here over a weekend. Wow. And, <laughs> and the, the rest is history. So what's the, the <laughs> what's the, I mean, are you, are you looking so, I mean, this is kind of the, the million dollar question. It's cause it sounds like you've got a, and, and this is the impression I got when I, when I was watching you, you, you talk um, up on stage was you, you know, there, there's all these different ways to do it. And we had, you know, I think we had, um, Gretchen Freeling was up there and, and, yeah. and a lot of people who, who have, you know, massive following and are, and are, and are, are, are famous for lack of a better word. And, right. but yeah. you seemed very kind of content with, with the, the direction you had taken and, 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 and where you were. So it, that being said, um, number one, is that true? And, and, and number two, what do you do from here? Because you do have to expand if, if you want to service more patients, you do need to bring people on if you want to service more patients. Ultimately, you know, if you fill your current space, you're going to have to do more or maybe bring on another provider to help you. I mean, what's the, what's the vision ultimately, um, for, for, for your, for your clinic? Yeah, I, I, I'm very happy doing what I do right now. Um, so I, I don't have any grand plan, you know, to, yeah. to expand in multiple cities and take over. That, that was never my intent yeah. at all, period. When I when I first undertook this, it was kind of I just I want to I want to do what I want to do and be happy doing it and be proud of everything that I do and treat every patient who walks in here like they're the only patient I'm seeing that day and really kind of, you, you know, do it in a way. Um, that that I haven't been able to do it in the past due to whatever whatever reason that is. Um, yeah, I know uh, I I'm, I am going to have to ex- expand, um, and that's yeah. coming very quickly. And, well, now and you I don't guess, have to. Well, you yeah, just... <laughs> you're right, but I, I I the need is there, and I would I want to. Right. You know, yeah, I, I would I, I want to expand, but I, I, when I say that, I don't mean you know I, enough. I would expand enough in order to accommodate what I have to accommodate at the time, and I'll and I think you know my feeling on all of this is is I've kind of let the flow dictate how how that looks as I move forward, um, and 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 as long. Is is I'm doing those things that I you know I set out that in my heart then then I think I'll be very happy doing it. Yeah, this is like the the most 
mystical and, and, and hippie podcast I've done, I think. We're talking about <laughs> it's fantastic, right? <laughs> flow and symmetry and tapping yeah. into the, the energy. But, but and, 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 and here's what I would say to, to folks who, who are listening, I, and, 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 and I would love to hear what you think about this. To me, I mean, there, there's a lot, there's so many different ways to do this. And a lot of people come in with exactly, as you said, the grand vision to go to new states to kind of dominate. I want this big brand. I want it all to work. Um, and that's great. And some people can do that and they can build it. Um, I have found though, that a lot of times the most successful entrepreneurs and, the, and especially in this profession are the ones who, who kind of embrace it as you said, which is, you know, I enjoy doing this. I am, I enjoy treating people the way that I'm treating them and I'm building the business the way that I want to build it. And it kind of, if you have that, it really starts to build and snowball almost organically. And oftentimes those are the businesses that end up expanding the quickest, even though your goal was not to expand. Um, right. So I'll be interested to see what happens in the next, in the next year or two. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I, I don't, I think, I, I mean, then there's been, obviously there's been multiple books written about this, um, but yeah, patients and, and patients see that and yeah. they can feel that. And I, and I think a lot of people gravitate toward that. And um, I know I've seen that in my practice um, and I, I've been very, very thankful for that. So, um, all right, it's been, it's been 45 minutes. I don't want to talk too long, um, but I, I do have um, a couple other questions. Um, one is, are, are, what's, what's, how does your, your patient base break down? Is it mostly female? Do you, get, do you get more guys? I mean, you're a guy. To be honest, there are not very many um, male injectors um, out right. there. Just there's, there's very few. Um, very few. Very few older gray-haired male injectors well, as well. Well, that's true. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to say that. I was trying to be polite. But um, you said it. So like, there aren't very many injectors that look like you either. Um, and that's a, a compliment. That's, a good, that's a, exactly that's right. It's a compliment. But so like what's your clientele like and, and, and what is that like? I mean, it's, you know, it got, it, it, it really sounds strange and, and this is the industry that we're in. I think this is a wonderful comment on our, on our industry is that, you know, you're a, an older white male and you're like in the extreme minority. Which right. is crazy. <laughs> um, but what's that Perfect. like? What's, what's your clientele like? And are you looking to get more men or is it mostly women or what's your, what's your goal? Yeah, there? Mostly women. Um, of course, like I, I think like most practices, uh, you know, I think, my my average patient age, uh, female patient, probably thirty five to forty five, fifty ish, um, and I, you know, I and kind of the in this Decatur area kind of mom. That's the that's my the, yeah. that's really my bread and butter patient base. I see much more men than I used to. Um, truthfully, even when I worked in the heart of Atlanta. Um, so I, I see much more, I see many more men coming in than I used to. And I, and I, you know, a lot of them, I, I, I see more couples coming in than I used really? to. That's and, and I think maybe that is part of the area that I'm in. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I, I really, I, I enjoy that patient base. We have a, I, I, they're, they're great. Yeah. They're great. Um, so that, I mean, that's, that's, I think, kind of, you know, cool and inspiring. And, and I, I, I guess I would ask, there's, I guarantee there, first of all, there's a, there's a, a fair amount of PAs that, that 
are, are, are probably listening and, and want to know kind of how they do it themselves. But I say that, you know, there's a, a relatively small number of PAs compared to the number of injectors. But for, for, the, for the solo kind of provider out there who maybe has been getting into the industry, has been training a little bit and, and kind of wants to, you know, wants to do it, but is reluctant to because they're for whatever reason. And there's a tons of reasons to be, to, to, to be, to be nervous about it. What do you tell, like, what's your kind of best advice to someone who comes up to you and says, Oh man, I want to do what you want to do. Or I really want to, like, I, I, I have a vision or I, you know, I don't want to do it the way everyone else does it. Like, what's your, what's your advice? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, uh, I, cause I, I have people approach me and I, and I don't ever really have a good, good patent, you know, a, a, yeah, well, it's a, hard a good answer for it. I, and I think typically what I, what I tend to feel about this is that, you know, I, you really, you really have to really be sure about this. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, this is the, I was talking to somebody the other day and I told him, you know, this is the hardest thing that I've ever done. And I think of my life, it's, it's, it's all encompassing. It's seven days a week. It's 24 hours a day. That being said, uh, it's the most rewarding thing that I've ever done as well. So you, you really have to be very, I mean, you have to be exceedingly passionate about wanting to do this. And, you know, you have to know that there's, once you embark on this journey, there's not, you, you, you have to be committed to moving forward and there can't be any turning back and you, you just have to continue to move forward and know that it's going to be successful and push for that. Cause there's no other option for me. And I feel that's the way it should be for anybody moving forward. The other thing I would say, and I was lucky enough to have, uh, you know, I wasn't thankfully in the practices that I worked in, I wasn't just, and I'm not saying this and I don't mean it in this way, but I wasn't just injecting, you know, I was involved on some of the management side and, yeah. you know, and, and, and the, the logistics of how practices run. And then I'm thankful for a lot of the companies I trained for, cause I got to visit you know, hundreds of practices across the U S and when I went to do these trainings, I would sit and talk with the practice managers and injectors and MDs and whoever, how they run and what works and what doesn't work. So I had a large base of knowledge to work from when I opened this place already. I, you know, when I walked in the door, I knew, how I wanted it set up, how I, you know, I needed it set up for the way that an injector, me, works, how efficient, you know, I needed everything to run efficiently. I knew about logistics and how to, or, you know, all of these things were already there in my patient base. So, so that it, I think if you're just walking in the door and kind of injecting, then that, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And that, that's not a small thing to have that training um, because it's one of the things that most people struggle with. Um, so having that kind of having been exposed to that, I think is, is, but you know, it's, it's very important. But, but one thing I would say to people is that I found that people tend to be pretty generous with their time. I mean, if, if you call somebody and say, Hey, I want to, you know, talk to me about how you do your inventory. Like people in this industry tend to be pretty open and helpful. Have, Have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I try to be as, I mean, I try to be as available as I can with with the time constraints, but I was all, you know, that was one, that was one of the, one of the main reasons I l- loved training so much. And it wasn't for me to go and to, to 
to share knowledge, but I learned, I always felt bad walking out of an office after training because I always felt like I learned more <laughs> from them and what they yeah. had to offer than I had to offer, which, which was great for, for me. But to, to have those experiences, I always took advantage of that, but, you know, not just to discuss things with the injectors about how we do techniques and blah, 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 but, you know, with the MAs or you know, just anybody like, hey, how do you guys do this? Like, what does this look like? Is that working for you? What, what happens here? Like, what is this for? Um, so, so that was all great stuff. You know, little do I know at that time that I was going to actually put that knowledge to use, but it was something that I had explored. So maybe subconsciously, this is the way I was going. I just hadn't realized it yet. Yeah. Well, no, that, you know, kind of natural curiosity and the ability to, to talk to others and, 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 and feel like you're learning from them if they're learning from you, I think is, is, is powerful. And it, you know, it, 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 it certainly is helpful. And again, like everything else, it builds trust and, and trust is kind of a lot of what this whole industry is, is, is built on. Um, well, this has been awesome. Um, it's been, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say thank you so much for having me on. This has been fantastic. I love talking with you. No, I think this is, I think people are going to get a big, um, get, get a big kick on us and, 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 and get a lot out of it. I, I guess kind of in closing, here, here's what I would, I, one of the things I want to, um, like if you could go back in time and tell like your, your young, like, and we don't even have to go that back far in time because you just started like even, <laughs> even a year and a half or two years, like what's, what's one of the things. And, and, and I always hate to say, you know, what, what mistake did you make? Cause I, I, again, I believe mistakes are, are just lessons that, you know, you, you, you grow from, but what's one thing you would kind of tell yourself, like, you know what, man, maybe this would be a better idea to do it this way. Or or if I could do it all over again, I would do it this way. Anything that jumps to mind? Gosh, I have um, trouble with that question when someone asks it to me all the time, because I'm like, I know things happen the way they happen. Uh, And I guess, you know, the, the, the easy answer for that, um, would be, I, you know, it's hard. Yeah, there's, I mean, are there things you regret and wish you would have done? Of, of course, of course there is. Um, you know, maybe listen more and, you know, those sort of things and maybe, you know, not be so quick to kind of judge on certain things and while you're moving forward. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, and it, this kind of sounds like a canned answer, but it's true. But, you know, if those things, all of those things that, that happened shaped Right. what's going on right now at this moment today. So it's, it's hard to change any of that stuff. Um, so, so that's always a tough. And, and, and you like the way I always say is like, you don't want it to be changed. Like I was going to blurt right. out cause I'm, you know, smart ass say, you know, don't sign a non-compete. Right. But, right. but yeah, in, I, I, yeah, I've, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of the same way, <laughs> but you're exactly right. It, if anything would have been changed, then I, maybe I might not be here at this point in time doing this. So I guess it all, it all kind of had to happen the way that it happened in order for this to, to, to be the way that it is today. Awesome. So, all right. If, if folks want to, uh, reach out to you, uh, what's your, what's the, is it, what's your Instagram? Handle I, uh, and then... gotta, I have to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure to post it. <laughs> my, my Instagram is a revolution underscore MKA. Okay. MKA. Gotcha. Um, and then, so if folks want to reach you, is there, is there a website or an email or anything like that? that yeah, can the, uh, yeah. The website is www, of course, revolution by MKA.com. And uh, my email is mike at mkaesthetics.net. Awesome. 
All right. I appreciate your time. I think people are going to love this and uh, we'll have to, we'll have to have you back and, and you can tell us how your, how your journey's going. Thank you. I appreciate it. It was a great time. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Mike Kelleher, PA and owner of Revolution. If you're new with us, click on the subscribe button, then receive new content when it happens. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.